Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Material, episode 103, and I am, as weekly, unless I'm traveling or ill or I'm having Verizon Fios problems, Andy Notko of the Chicago Sun-Times, and with us, as usual. I'm Russell Ivanovich from Pocket Cast, and Andy, this week I'm traveling to my house. I guess that's traveling. Is that traveling? I suppose. Pose it's yeah I mean you're speaking to a freelancer so really my getting out of my home slash office to just get a sandwich at that place I like a mile and a half up the street that's traveling to me that's just exciting to be out of the house I don't know if it's the same when you work for yourself but you actually have a physical office plant you go to <laughs> this does feel like a holiday I have to admit we're getting some um, electrical stuff installed in the office so there's nothing to plug into and we realize as nerds really quickly that. Without the internet, there's not a whole lot you could do. And without power for like most of our desktop machines, we're like, hmm. So we it's funny, yesterday we actually tried going to a university. We're like, let's feel young. Let's go hang out with the cool kids. And so we, <laughs> we sat in the uh, they have this hub thing at one of our universities with all the, you know, all the cool students doing their exams and, you know, laughing and stuff. And we opened our laptops and we tried to work for like I don't know, five minutes, and we're like, it is really noisy in here. I don't know how students do it, Andy. <laughs> they they, they kind of like to feel as though they're part of the action, I think. Also, they're cheating off of each other, so they can't do that alone, I think. Oh, so much cheating. Group work, I think they call it. At least they were when I was in college, so. <laughs> ah, look, I don't think anything's changed. They, they all look exactly the same to me. I'm like, students, students never change. Yes, they're all roughly my age, uh, with my same <laughs> sense of yeah. I know that's terrible. I, I was my uh, this is it's it's like ninety three degrees in New England this uh, today, and so I've had to do like three costume changes today because of the heat. And the first shirt that I happened to pick out, like off, off the top of the clean t shirt pile, was a Berkeley Macintosh Users Group t shirt that I know I could not have acquired less than twenty five years ago. Ooh, I, I I see it. I like it, Andy. I think it's 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 on vogue again. Like those things come back around so fast. And I've just converted for our international listeners. Ninety three degrees Fahrenheit is actually thirty three point eight eight degrees Celsius. That's that's pretty warm. <laughs> see, I, 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 my math skills will only will only cease to atrophy so long as the United States fails to adopt the metric system. As long as I still have to <laughs> double numbers and add thirty to them. Oh, Fahrenheit. So we we have a we have a story coming up that um, Andy put in the show notes. It's all about you know phone temperatures and things. And I'm sitting there going, 93. Is that hot? I don't know. What what? Oh, it's just I'm like, if that was 93 degrees Celsius, you should probably like like dispose of your phone immediately because it's about to set your house on fire. Yeah. See that that's that's part of how like bad things, disasters are going to happen, and then they're going to be so big we will not realize it's because somebody said that. Oh my God. Over 30, 13 kilograms this material has accumulated. Like, okay, that's, this, is that a lot? That's the two-digit <laughs> number in the teens. Uh, we learned about this at uni, Andy. There's a famous rocket. I want to say the Ariane one from France. I'm not exactly sure, but it was a, a cooperation between two agencies, two space agencies, and one of them built it in metric, their bits, and the other one right. built their bits in uh, Imperial, and the thing went to take off and just flipped around and slammed into the ground. Like It's it's a famous engineering story that they tell all the, uh, the new engineers coming in. They're like, don't assume you know what the units are. Yeah, and then there's the then there was the famous. You've, you've seen this. This has nothing to do with Google. We will get to, to Google. We promise. Anon, but this is just so, no amount of intelligence will prevent you from stupid boneheaded mistakes. There was this famous photo of this. What I can only gather was a super expensive satellite, this super expensive uh, spacecraft that at some point had tipped over, like in the assembly bay, and was just like. Pfft, 
like had <laughs> smattered into, into smithereens. And it turns out the reason why that had happened was because now it's uh, all these spacecraft, while they're being assembled and tested, are like mounted with really serious bolts onto this platform and they move the platform around. It turns out that somebody else at the complex needed to use that platform. So they very carefully undid the bolts, took the spacecraft off of that platform, used the platform for what they needed to do. And then, of course, being good neighbors, they put the platform back where it was, put the spacecraft back on top there, but did not redo the bolts. So when the sh- when the team the next day came in and said, okay, so let's rotate the spacecraft about 45 degrees, it just kept going. And it's like, yeah, I've made that exact same mistake with my car so many times. I'm glad to see that I, I are a rocket scientist because... <laughs> That's all it takes. I mean, the good thing about being a rocket scientist is there seems to be uh, a few that can actually explode. We're just talking about rockets that take up satellites, by the way, obviously not people, but it, it, there it does seem to be some margin for error. You know, if every now and again, like one of them goes up in phases, it's like, yeah, like, these billionaires can get themselves another satellite. Like Mark Zuckerberg has plenty of money to, to get more. If anything, they'll be, he'll be happy because he probably wants to paint it a different color. He was always the, – the, the yellow struts were just annoying him from a design aesthetic. And so, you know, now that we now that we got to build a whole new one, I mean, it's like cars. They look amazing in the renderings, and then you get the actual car. You're like, that looks nothing like the renderings. What What do these artists sell me? I don't know. Oh, I'm just going to have to get another one. Yeah, that's it. See, yeah, it, I think that I think that cars are also car racing games. Like on the new, the newest, like newest platforms are also setting up people for the absolute wrong expectations. Because I've been doing nothing. E3 is uh, is happening, uh, or and so Google, uh, uh, Microsoft uh, announced the new Xbox, and of course, all the new racing games are have their 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 teaser videos. And I'm like, I don't know how much this game platform costs, but I'm sure I have that much money. <laughs> I'm sure that I, and I'm sure they'll be able to make that much money. I want to and, and it just looks like the coolest cars in the world only you forget that number 1 the cars that are in this game always work. They don't require like maintenance every 5000 miles and a $10,000 oil change every 3000 miles and they and you know how to they they have a special mode that says that allow somebody who has only been driving like fleet style rental style cars for the past 20 years to be able to handle 8000 horsepower on a on a 300 pound car through a curve correctly i'll never forget andy one of my friends is a massive massive racing fan he's like try this game it's great and i played it i'm like i'm really good at driving i'm amazing i'm slowing down yep. for the corners i'm going around he's like oh you actually you have all the assist stuff turned on i'm like the what and i didn't realize but the game's <laughs> doing the braking the, the, the game's helping me steer like the game's putting like lines and the thing. And the second he turned all that stuff off, man, I cannot drive. I probably shouldn't even be allowed to, to have a license, like based on based on what happened after that. Still, it's, it's fun to just to jam your foot down on that pedal and just know that everything will be all right. <laughs> and incidentally, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll put the, because we've spent so much time talking about this, I will put the URL in the show notes. This is uh, from, it happened at Goddard Space Flight Center, that spacecraft. It was a, uh, a NOAA satellite at, Lock, at Lockheed Martin, Sunnyvale, California. The, as, as the NOAA-N prime spacecraft is being repositioned from vertical to horizontal on the, quote, turnover cart, that's the warning right there, at approximately 7.15 Pacific Daylight Time today, it slipped off the fixture, causing severe damage. See attached photo. Oh, my God, the attached photo. The 18-foot-long spacecraft was about three feet off the ground when it fell, and 24 bolts were missing from a fixture on the cart. 
<laughs> Technicians from another satellite program that uses the same type of turnover cart removed the 24 bolts from the NOA cart on September 4th without <laughs> documentation. Secondly, the NOA working today failed to follow procedure to verify the configuration of the turnover cart since they had used it a few days earlier. So yeah, that's <laughs> and and see this is this is again I, I don't I, I, when I change the light bulb in my in my uh, in my my in my oven. And it broken off. I needed to like get pliers in and pull it out. I can't tell you how many times I double checked to make sure the power was off, including keeping like an audio device plugged into an outlet on that same circuit turned up to full blast, so that okay, this is not making any noise. I'm saying that if I had a, if I had a, a satellite that was going to be worth several hundreds of millions of dollars, probably I would check those bolts at least once. So there you go. But the moral of this week's episode: always check the bolts, people. So I believe Andy that YouTube's been checking your bolts. Yeah, I just got my uh, I just got my first uh, baby got his first YouTube copyright Aww, strike. Last happens week. to the best of us, Andy. What did you steal this week? Okay, well here here's what it was. The Joyce DiDonato, uh, a really really amazing operatic soprano, uh, did this live stream of a concert. Live streamed this concert, uh, a program she calls uh, uh, War and Peace. It's like the first half of it are like operatic arias that are centered around war, and the other half is about peace. And she did this. She she put together this program kind of as a response to I think the November 2015 terrorist attacks in London, and irony of ir- ironies. If the scheduled time for this performance was the day after the most recent uh, London uh, terrorist attacks, and so it's just beautiful, beautiful thing. And she she added to the program a special encore that was just absolutely gorgeous. And I've, I've, all afternoon long, I've been telling people, like, here's the URL, here's the live stream. You got to st- you please please watch this. And I was so moved by it that I just sort of did what might be termed a fan film. I was capturing the I was capturing the live stream because I knew I wanted to listen to it later, and so I was taking like screenshots. So I just basically cut together like a video between the screenshots and this two and a half minutes of, of singing, and not that it, not that it was going to heal the world or anything, but I thought it was pretty cool. And I wanted people. It was such a cool encore. I wanted people to hear it. Posted it to YouTube the day later. I'm trying to, I'm, or a couple days later, I'm trying to like just use YouTube, and I get like the static uh, thing saying, you know. The, about uh, the, the, something 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 copyright takedown notice and i thought oh man it's too bad every, every it seems like every link i'm clicking on oh, i got takedown for copyright <laughs> it didn't occur to me that it would say yeah so i had to go through this super condescending uh, andy you uh, bootlegger you had to watch those videos didn't you they made you watch exactly. them They're like naughty andy what did we do wrong what did yeah. we do wrong and it's like all all they needed to do was here's an email by the way this your second strike yes we're gonna have to make you sit through this really stupid video for five minutes but first strike we assume that you know exactly what happened but basically usually because you use some music or some content here's who to take it down thanks for now that you've read this message great we'll unblock your account i see that but the problem is that there's there also there's a quiz you have to fill out at the end (laughs) and there were like five questions in the quiz and Two of them, like two or three of them, no content whatsoever in the video covered that. I just simply had to guess that it, it was stuff like, it is perfectly safe to post a video even if you recorded it off the air, saying, I'm going I'm to guess that every single question that could be possibly misconstrued as whoever, ha- whoever, every record company is a wholly blameless creature like the cows in, 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 in India that that's the, probably going to be the right. I, I just, I just, I felt less like, oh well, gosh, I'm it's too. I really shouldn't have done that, and I'm sorry to have done that. I'll, I'll certainly be educated in the future. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, 
You know, they, you know the, the copyright, they could have just, you know, sort of like, you know, messaged me and said, oh, by the way, we'd like you to take this down. Okay, no problem. Sorry, didn't, re- didn't think that was it was going to be an issue. And so I was now I was doubly happy that uh, then they, <laughs> this, this is why uh, they, they left the live stream video up for about a week. And of course, I have this wonderful app called Downy. Uh, for the sorry, Andy, I, th- I thought you said you learned your lesson. What, what are oh, you, I what are you promoting le- I, now? I learned my lesson, but Downey is a great app that lets you capture every kind of live stream there is. I'm not talking about like I'm not I'm not talking about capture. I'm not talking about like there's a recording that's going. No, no, no. no let, let's let's continue this because I, this is a point to be made, and it will just simply find. But because because the stream is a public publicly broadcast thing the url for the actual video content is also they choose to keep it in a public place then because of the rules of the internet if i want to download that they didn't there's no terms of service that says that we are letting you watch this but we are requiring you to not do it in any other way than simply watching it live so i didn't repost it i didn't do anything with it it is in my library i'm going to enjoy it but now i'm going to feel as though i am getting a little bit of my own back that's all yeah, take that recording industry. How do you feel about that? Yeah, you're not so big now, are you? Andy got you back. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, pl- please just all feedback to that about uh, about that segment to Andy, please. I, I don't want to hear about it. He did nothing wrong. D-O-W-N-I-E. And it's a Nancy I-E. It's called Downey <laughs> for the Mac. I'm sure there's something just as good for Windows. Oh, I'm sure there is, Andy. I, I had an interesting discovery this week. I didn't get... I didn't get slapped down by anyone. I didn't get to made watch uh, you know videos about what I'd done wrong. But I, I was sleeping, Andy, and I heard this weird noise next to my head, and it sounded like this. And I'm like, mosquito? No, that's weird. Like, is the dryer on? No, the dryer's not on. This is weird. I'm like, where is this sound coming from? And I looked across, Andy, to my nightstand, and I realized that the Samsung wireless charger that I'd bought in America actually has a fan in it, a fan <laughs> in it, Andy. I don't understand what possessed people to put, for one, LED lights into things. I wish people would just stop putting LED lights into everything because they, they are crazy bright, you know, when the room's dark. And a fan, a fan and a wireless charger, I just I don't understand any. I'm a complete lost. It's almost as if they could have solved a certain problem by having a fan and other... Oh, no, actually, I, I, I need to... It wasn't overheating. If anything, it would have put more oxygen into the fire. Oh, that would have made have it worse. Yeah. Giving you sort of a turbine effect. So, But, yeah, it's... Samsung is... Now, we're, we're actually, we're, we're going to get into a, a story that we'll, we'll move up because it's a beautiful, beautiful little transition here. Uh, but, yeah, there, uh, I've been having problems with Samsung devices throwing off a lot of heat. Now, a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, I, told, I talked about how much I'm, I'm liking the Gear 360 camera. That's that 360-degree camera. Um, but unfortunately, there is no Mac app for taking that video and turning it into 360-degree video. But if you just pull the MP4 files off of it, you get one video that contains on the left one hemisphere, on the right one hemisphere, the other hemisphere of the two different uh, two different cameras, two different image sensors. The special software that Samsung gives you stitches it together and also puts the right ID tags in the file to tell YouTube or Facebook, oh, by the way, this is 360-degree video. Don't just play it. Let people scroll around with it. And unfortunately, there's no app. They, they have an app for Windows. They don't seem to have an app for Mac. Uh, they the There's no Android app. There's only a Samsung an app for Samsung Galaxy phones. And then there is an iPhone app. And the difficulty is that the iPhone app is not as reliable as the Samsung app. And the only phone I have that will run it is the Samsung Galaxy 6. And twice... When trying to uh, when trying to uh, import this for this video, the phone shut down because of overheating. 
it, there was no damage, but that's why there is an overheating sensor. And so, no joke, I have in in my fridge, uh, in my freezer rather, there are two like sealed Ziploc bags like filled with water that are lying flat. And every time that I want to like do a, a, a long one of these transcodes, it literally is like I take one of these. It's like a like a flat pillow of ice, and I put the Samsung on top of it so that it will not, <laughs> so that it will not overheat and will get to the end of that transcoding. I think that this might indicate a problem in containing the heat thrown off by the CPU when it's doing something really intensive. I'm just glad it wasn't holding on to this while it was doing that thing. I remember the Galaxy S6 was famous for that. We, I think that was the first one that supported the, the Gear VR system, and I remember we got it free with the device, and you strap it to your face, and you're like, this is cool. And then 15 <laughs> minutes later, it's like, you need to take this off because it's too hot now. And I'm like, what? And you touch the back of your phone, and it felt like you could cook stuff on there. Like, it was crazy, crazy hot. I don't know what CPUs and GPUs they had in that phone or how they had them cooled, but it, yeah, it wasn't great. I think they fixed it. I'm pretty sure they fixed it with the S7, and obviously the S8 like is better again. But, man, the S6, that, that phone can get hot. Yeah, I was, that, that, you're reminding me that's that's how I got it in the first place to test out uh, Gear VR. Uh, but even little, even the later models, they can get pretty spicy. Uh, actually, all Android phones. So there, there is a uh, Florence Ion of uh, Android Central. Android Central has one of those uh, FLIR. Uh, forward-looking infrared cameras that you plug into a phone and she decided to like take like infrared like heat heat map videos of the lg g6 the galaxy s8 and the pixel sl just to see like how horrible they all look uh and so there's if in this article they've they got three different uh, images side by side actually the galaxy s8 looks the calmest of them all it only looks like steel that has come out of the forge let's say 30 seconds ago because it's 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 sort of like a, a lovely buttery yellow in the in the in the heat image uh but the 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 g6 in the middle it's white hot near where the charger is it's white hot near where the excuse me it's white where the where the cpu is um the pixel xl still a little bit toasty particularly at the bottom where the charger is uh but not quite so bad uh it the thing is though it's, it says she says that uh uh, 89 degrees Fahrenheit on the uh, Galaxy S8, the G6 at 84 degrees. So I don't know whether she had the heat map. I, it, I don't understand how that works. I've, I've only used a FLIR camera once. It was the Pixel XL that looked that was the hottest at 94 degrees at its hottest place. Um, it should be it should be said that there it was a charging test, and they all had like their screens turned at maximum brightness. So they're really trying to stress this thing out. Uh, but then they've, there's the the benchmark test where, again, running system benchmarks and trying to thrash the CPU for performance. And yeah, that's where it's they all all four of them are all four of them are looking a little bit like a flux capacitor at that point. So um, she even did a, a smartwatch, she did an, a, a, an LG watch style, which also makes me want to not wear it while I'm I'm charging it. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe these flare cameras. It's like those black light cameras that uh, that like TV newscasters like take into hotel rooms. That uh, let's here it, it will cause like uh, bio, biomatter and proteins to like fluoresce, and that's when you see that it's like being <laughs> all the different things that aren't being cleaned off of off of a hotel room. Maybe it's better if you just real you just realize that okay, I have never had a phone explode in my hand, or I haven't. I have never contracted any sort of an illness, nor have I seen anything nasty in my hotel room. Maybe I should stop trying really, really hard to see disturbing and disgusting things. 
<laughs> I don't know, Andy. It seemed like you went out of your way to find this article. But I, I have to say, the and it seems to kind of be backed up by this a little bit, the S8 is probably one of the coolest, haha, <laughs> coolest phones I've, I've used today. Like it doesn't seem to get hot like no matter what you're doing. Even when you put it in their VR headset thing and you, you run it in there for like half an hour, it seems it seems perfectly fine, which kind of seems to underscore the point that, you know, Samsung after their little, you know, debacle of uh, the, the Note 7 seems to have mastered the, the engineering side of, you know, building a phone and making sure it doesn't get too hot. Mm. We can only hope there's... I guess we're we're getting a whole bunch of uh, rumors and ideas about we, the other shoe that has to drop for the Galaxy series is the Galaxy Note, which is probably going to be released sometime in the next couple of months. So we're seeing a lot of leaks about technology that's in there. The, the biggest uh, debate being, are, is Samsung going to be able to get a, a fingerprint sensor on the screen as it looks very much like they wanted to do for the S8? Uh, and then in desperation, they had to move it to that back spot to make sure that you put whatever's on your finger smeared across the the lens of the camera while you're trying to unlock your phone uh we have competing (laughs) we've got competing leaks (laughs) from two different sources uh, on that point uh one is from uh boy genius report uh that says has a leaked photo of the back case of a galaxy note 8 which does not have a fingerprint sensor on the back of it which would suggest that either whatever problem that we, we know that Samsung was working really again we know they're working hard on getting it embedded in the screen we know that it was that the, the the fail point was so late in the game that they had to put it in a very awkward position so maybe they just needed an extra few months to figure out how to get this sensor in quantity or maybe they decided hey look it's the note it's a huge pop tart of a phone we can we can still put a button on the bottom of it or we, we can still put a sensor underneath the screen mm. competing with this hopefully good news if that's what you're looking for is uh, another <laughs> another boy genius report from just a couple days earlier that has schematics uh leaked schematics that seem to indicate that there will be a uh, fingerprint sensor on the bottom on the uh, underneath the camera on the back so same source uh one day apart is saying don't worry about it. it's going to be great there's going to be a fingerprint sensor on the screen another one saying oh don't, don't looks it actually the, the two headlines were the most this is this is why you get real humans looking to make sure looking at your CMS. It's picking up it's picking stories to put like in your in that little header. So it had right next door to each other uh, something like uh, leaked leaked schematic leaked uh, leaked schematics indicate that the, the Galaxy Note will be far behind the iPhone. And then the next day, leaked leaked part suggests that the Galaxy Note is going to be far ahead of the iPhone. <laughs> that way, Andy, both sides get to share the story. You know, the Apple people get to share one story, and the Android people get to share the other story, and the winner is page views i don't, I don't see what could possibly there get wrong there as long as you post them on separate days you're doing great <laughs> genius i have to say for my part andy I, I think i talked about this on a previous show i got the the samsung clear case for the s8 and i will say after a few weeks of use that has made it a lot easier to find the fingerprint sensor i don't really don't think that's an excuse for where they put it like i'd, I'd sound way too much like a, a crazy samsung fan if i'm like this fixed it for me completely but it has made it way easier so it's it's a lot more um ridged indented i don't know there's there's like a nice little uh well there now i guess where you can put your finger in it i find myself finding it like way easier without actually having to look i'm going to do it right now andy just boom unlocked <laughs> wow and that i mean that's not a way to solve hardware problems that's a really weird solution but it, it has fixed it for me i know a few other a few of our other listeners wrote in to, to say the same thing but for my part will they put it under the screen or they put it in the back in a place with where it's easy to reach like on the pixel I, I like both. I don't really know what the debate is about. Like, you can't put it on the back or you can't put it on the front. I'm like, you can put it on either. Like, bo- both are fairly reachable. 
I just I just like it on the back because it's just that when you have the especially as the bezels are getting narrower and narrower when the unlock when the thing you need to touch to make it unlock is at the very very bottom of the edge of the screen that's kind of, that means that I can't hold it in the most secure fashion I kind of have to hold it with my fingertips and not use my thumb to really support it whereas uh, the when you put it in the back especially uh, uh, dead center and a little bit a little bit above center vertically it's like that's where my trigger figure is going to be as i'm taking out my pocket anyway it's very very i still got it securely gripped in my thumb and my other three fingers so it's sort of natural also when you put in a case like a spec candy shell case a candy shell grip which is my favorite case in the world they will also like make it a huge divot around there just like in your clear case that makes it just your finger just wants to go there because that's just it's it's like a, a really beautiful no look tactile interface. So I'm really hoping for a fingerprint sensor on the back on both phones because that's just I think where it belongs. Yeah, I th- I think that that one is more natural to reach. My one problem I have is I put my phone into a car dock quite often, and that's the one time you can no longer reach anything on the back. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you can do the whole. I know Android has a thing where you can say my car Bluetooth is like a trusted Bluetooth device and keep my phone unlocked. So that. That kind of fixes that problem, but it is a little bit awkward. So you've got it mounted there in the car and you're like, eh, can't get finger onto back and you have to be like an animal, you know, you stop at the lights or whatever. You have to type that seven, uh, seven digit, four digit code to unlock your phone. It's it's not super convenient, but I agree as phones get taller, like they're getting these two, two to one aspect ratios, trying to reach a button that's right down the bottom yeah. and without actually dropping your phone, that's that's a bit of an achievement. Now, have you ever, have you ever thought about putting an NFC sticker like in your car cradle? And using uh, that to unlock the device? Yeah, I have heard of people doing that. That yeah, I probably should that, actually. That, that, that's what I've got. And it's it's it not 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 only does it unlock, but it also communicates through a trigger that, oh, by the way, this is that your the phone is in the car and this is in the car now. So automatically launch the car dashboard, go into car mode, automatically launch ways, whatever my navigation app is. That is a cool idea. That's a top tip for the listeners. I mean, the other thing is since Android Auto has come out. Um, and I got a, a stereo that supports it in my car. I find I, I do that way less often because obviously when you plug into that, um, you don't get access to the phone. In fact, this is probably a good thing, but I find it slightly annoying. On the Pixel, there used to be a way around that. You could press the home button and then press the multitasking button and then press the home button again and you'd actually be on the home screen on the phone, which Google you know, wasn't meant to allow. It's meant to be like Android Auto, don't touch the phone. On the S8, you actually don't get a multitasking button. It's gone. And so you, there actually is no way around it. And I think that's probably a safe way to go. Like there's no interacting with the phone you know, while it's active. And that means there's actually no need to unlock it. You know, Android Auto has access to everything without, you know, needing your phone to be unlocked. So yeah, I guess that's one way to go as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we hope that, I actually kind of hope that Google has a response to uh, Apple at WWDC last week, went out of its way to say, oh, there's there's now do not disturb while driving mode. That doesn't really have to be engaged. It will just automatically through movement and radar and other sensor things realize that, oh, I'm in the car right now. That means I'm not even going to let the person uh, access anything. I'm not, I'm not even going to let any notifications get through. And I, it's, I'm sure that's partly because Apple wants to heal the world. I think it's also partly because they want to make sure that if anybody sues them for distracted driving, they can point to where they were doing whatever they have to do to, in order to prevent people from doing this sort of stuff. Yeah, like you turn the setting off. It's not our problem. Yeah, I there thought that was that was interesting. I think the the Android Auto solution to that is really good. Like I was saying, the entire screen goes black. It just has the words Android Auto on there. And the only way you can interact with anything is on the stereo. And in theory, that's way less distracting because the entire experience is designed for, you know, audio feedback and like really big sort of visual indicators and things like that. So, yeah, I kind of would have preferred something like that from Apple. Like I know with the new Android Auto app that I think came out a few months ago, you can actually have that entire experience just on your phone. 
Like so, so mm-hmm. imagine as if your stereo was there, but now it's on your actual phone interface. I kind of wish the the CarPlay people had done the same. I almost thought that's what they were announcing. I'm like CarPlay on the phone, cool. And then they're like, no, the screen just stays <laughs> black. I'm like, I guess that's a good safety feature. Like, don't get me wrong, but it is, yeah, it's a little bit strange if you actually want to play music or, or something else like that. Hmm. I'm just glad to see that for once, Apple's deci- Apple's uh, corporate policy of of hardware design, which is. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll make decisions for you. You're, you're kind of too stupid to make the right choices. Well, I think we've I think we've had to demonstrate that when it comes to distracted driving, especially certain kinds of drivers, they are too stupid to make decisions for themselves. And the phone should make sit, oh okay should force them to do okay. Now realize that if you click this button seven times as we're telling you to do, you are actually creating a legal document that dispenses Apple and all of its, and Qualcomm and Broadcom and all of its chips uh, manufacturers from any responsibility for whatever mayhem you should create. And this should give you some pause that perhaps you should not be turning off this critical feature. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And when, when that comes out, I really hope that people don't turn it off because yeah, at the end of the day, it's a serious issue. Like distracted driving does cause a lot of accidents. All all the the figures and stats are there for that. Um, it's just like you know any other type of thing that you do in the car. Your your main job there is to drive. And I mean, thank goodness you know driverless cars are coming along because I really don't trust people on the road to drive properly. Andy, the amount of things I've seen, like people eating breakfast, uh, you know, people adjusting their hair, people like yelling at people like on their their wireless sort of systems as they make phone calls and stuff you know doing the gesticulating arm gestures as they're driving down the road at you know 80 kilometers an hour i'm like the day computers can drive you know that's a good day but i will tell you andy that there is one other cool thing on this show we have a returning sponsor back again is the people at <sighs> Linode. They love us so oh, much, Andy. Oh, I was, I was, I was, I was going to say, you know, yeah, it's, it's like you know, these people, it's like they have their heads in the clouds all the time instead of focusing on driving. <laughs> but that's okay. Ooh, that's a good one. I prefer that. We're going to lead with that next time. So Linode lets you get set up in seconds with their fast, powerful hosting. Their tools are easy to understand and they let you choose your resources in Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM uh, in the Linode cloud. And you might be thinking, ah, oh, you know, what kind of stuff can I can I get done with that? And you can, you know, you can host your own Git database. Um, you can run your own, you know, private network of stuff. You can do crunch some numbers. You can do what we do at Pocket Cast, and you can, you know, do a whole bunch of image processing and feed processing on the back end. Like it's it's all there, you know, in their fast, powerful hosting. And Linode also has fantastic pricing options available. So you can get a server, like I said, with one gigabyte of RAM for just five dollars a month. Uh, you can go all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM for $60 a month. And across the board, Linode are offering twice the amount of RAM you get, you know, elsewhere. So as a listener of the show, if you sign up at linode.com slash material, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash material, you'll not only be supporting us, but you get $20 towards your first Linode plan. And that comes with a seven-day money-back guarantee. So there's nothing to lose here. You know, go to linode.com slash material to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit, or you can use the promo code material2017 at checkout. So we want to thank... Uh, Linode, so much once again for supporting this show and having their head in the clouds. <laughs> well, lots of uh, we should probably make sure we get to this. There, there, there are a bunch of stuff we can talk about today, but one of the most incredible, most coolest things happened for for Google happened. Uh, news uh, broke today through Variety of all kinds of all places uh, that Google just stole a major piece of talent from Apple. Uh, Google got Apple's pretty much lead system on a chip designer, uh, Manu Gulati. Uh, is now Google's lead system on a chip architect after eight years at Apple and not technically the same position, but the sort of 
look, I've been doing this job. You either give me the promotion or I walk <laughs> sort of situation. Uh, and this uh, system, if you a system, a system on a chip is essentially an entire computer that's been designed to do one specific function that's on one tiny, tiny little bit of silicon. Uh, and so that's pretty much w- one of the reasons why uh, Apple's iPhones are doing so exceptionally well. Instead of buying off-the-shelf solutions uh, from uh, from Qualcomm and others, they are simply buying. They're simply designing their own SOCs to do what they need to do. So they can basically design everything from the ground up uh, to do a lot of hardware-based stuff that you couldn't do, uh, that Qualcomm couldn't necessarily do on its own. Also, it allowed them to kind of be free of being limited to what Qualcomm can make, what Qualcomm wants to make. And finally, it means that uh, any company that can do its own design and manufacture of that kind has the ability to really create phones that stand head and shoulders above the rest and this is going to be a, this is a big problem with android phones because we've talked about this before that there's so many a lot of the big problem is that at some point here is here are five phones with pretty much the same feature set the pretty much the same capabilities you are simply debating whether you like one case design more than the other where the fingerprint sensor is is this a USB-C or micro micro usb and is there sd card storage whereas if you basically saying no we're going to design our own hardware from the ground up you can make it do cool things like what if what if we have a system on a chip that does nothing but keeps an eye on uh, the uh, on, uh, on on motion sensors so that it can sense when you are taking the device out of the pocket and know that you're lifting it towards a operation of the camera sort of thing and so now instead of simply waking up the entire system it could put you immediately into camera mode as quickly as possible this is stuff that you could do with whatever you get off the shelf but if you can design to do that from the ground up uh, and it's just the more you read about Manu Gulati, and this is a name that I certainly wasn't familiar with, uh, even though I've been following Apple pretty intensely. Uh, he, he, of course, he has a LinkedIn. Uh, so he's spent the past eight years at Apple. Uh, before that, he spent nine years at Broadcom, uh, and also another seven years before that at other related industries. So this is one hell of a catch. Um, I think nine to five. Google, was it, uh, had a piece, of course, was reporting on this uh, and said that uh, the, the losing him is a significant blow for Apple. The Cupertino-based computer maker, thank you for clarifying that, uh, filed a total of 15 chip-related patents that credit Gulati as one of the inventors. Uh, some of these filings describe fundamental chip architecture, while others are more specific to certain applications. For example, one of his patents described hardware-based security for Apple Pay that securely stores a user's fingerprint on the phone. So I don't know who he's been replaced with at Apple, but I do know that this is one hell of a get and it makes me even more whereas i was really excited about what the pixel 2 was going to be like this year now i'm like maybe i should hold off and get the pixel 3 <laughs> the first one that has socs designed by, by manu gulati in it is are, are they gonna have like a gulati edition like 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 <laughs> like like we can bet like you get the toyota but you can get the gt edition with that special extra badge and that's, that's the name it just goes through his office and he hot he hots up all the various features and then tunes it <laughs> no, I, I think this is a, this is a trend that we're seeing in the industry at the moment like there's a lot of blowback against Qualcomm. Like they've done some very inter- interesting things. They're they're basically the established leader in the the mobile space. So almost all Android phones come with Qualcomm chips in them. Like even Apple phones, when you're talking about modems and things like that, you know, they're Qualcomm chipsets again. And at the moment, Apple's in like a massive you know legal battle with them over you know yeah. are, are these friend patterns and how much should we pay and all that. We won't, we won't get into that on this show, but it's interesting that there's a lot of other problems that that Google and others have had with Qualcomm as well. And 
And really the only way around some of these things is for companies like Google to design their own chips. Like Samsung already does it with their Exynos processors, which by all accounts, you know, they're, they're pretty good processors. Like they, they do a good job of it. Um, Google is rumored to be doing the same. And, you know, even in addition to that, like we know at the moment that Apple is, is basically lapping the rest of the mobile industry in terms of just raw, you know, CPU horsepower. It's another topic entirely if you want to argue whether that's actually relevant or not. But it's 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 a fact. Like their chips are just amazingly fast on the CPU side of things for, for single-threaded and multi-threaded performance. And then there's other things like Google's talking about, you know, machine learning and various other things, you know, being done on the device. I'll never forget, Andy, the original Moto X, I think it was, had an actual separate little coprocessor that did nothing but recognize the Google hot word. And it still, mm-hmm. I reckon, to this day was the best phone just period at recognizing the phone was off, screen completely off, the operating system was asleep. It could recognize the the catchphrase even if it's you know across the bench or you know on the other side of the room. And for some reason, Motorola removed that out of the the second you know Moto whatever the next Moto X was called, and it was a huge loss. Like whatever that coprocessor was doing, you know whoever designed it, whoever put it in the phone, it was amazing. It was exactly what you said. It was its dedicated purpose was. Oh, did Andy say the hot word? Did he say the hot word? Did he say the hot word yep. now? And it was, you know, ultra low power and all the other things. It didn't sort of suck battery. And just that's a really small example of what a dedicated chip could do. You know, there's tons of other things you could do. You could detect something about the environment around you and, you know, do something based on that. You could potentially be processing stuff off the the camera sensor and, you know, doing amazing things with that. There's, there's tons of applications. And when you get a, a talented chip designer like that and, you know, this person built a team around them, then the kind of things they can do are, are going to be really impressive, I think. Yeah, there was. Uh, that's one of the things I loved about the very first uh, Moto X after they were bought by Google, I think. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's exactly as you say. It's. Uh, I think they after the M7. I'm sorry, no, the X8 computing system they called it. Uh, the Moto uh, when they put into this, and yeah, it was not just that, but it was also the ability to sense what you're doing with the phone and react accordingly, like and all without having to keep the CPU awake and keep pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. It would know that okay, it looks like you're walking, it looks like you're in a meeting right now. I'm going to I'm going to turn off certain notifications you've told me you don't want to be bothered about during a meeting. The ability to uh, flip over the phone to have it do stuff and have to recognize that. Okay, I'm, I'm now the screen is facing the facing the table. I bet it does. I bet he does not. He or she does not want to be bothered by anything right now. And that's you can do that with just about anything. But that's the difference between still having day long battery life and having to recharge after two hours and twenty minutes. So yeah, that's super exciting. And remember, there wasn't too long ago that uh, Google and Apple and Facebook were getting into legal trouble, or at least class action suit trouble, because they they had sort of a handshake agreement that they were not going to poach each other's employees. And that had the that had the disadvantage for the employees that if you're unhappy with Apple or if you think that you're being underutilized or undercompensated, it's not as though you can go to Google now and get and they'll they'll give you three times the the salary and put you in a much better position because there is that little handshake agreement that says that we're not going to poach each other's talent. And uh, if anything, I'm, I'm glad to see a certain amount of savagery. <laughs> I'm, I, hope this, I hope this inspires a lot of people at Google and Apple and everybody to say maybe I should be having more lunches with people in Cupertino or Mountain View just to see what the burritos taste like on the other side of of the campus oh definitely and it creates excitement as well when you get superstars like this going to other companies like this this happened a while back when chris latler basically you know the guy that invented a lot of the compiler technology that apple and the rest of the industry uses invented you know swift as well and then went to um tesla to work on their you know automated driving software it just creates that buzz you're like this person has had a lot of success they're obviously very good at what they do like it's so exciting to see what they do next because sometimes when these people have been with a company for 
you know, eight to 10 years, they kind of get stuck in a role. You know, they're very good at potentially at chip design and they're just designing the same chips over and over again. And if you're Apple, that's really cool. Like everybody loves iterative design. Everybody loves things getting faster. Um, but from a consumer point of view, we want to see some new, you know, cool, interesting things. So hopefully, you know, hopefully this guy goes to Google and, and does some cool, new, interesting things. Like I'd, I'd kind of be a little bit sad if all that happens is the Pixel 3 comes out and it just has a fast CPU in it. Like, I mean, that's cool, but I'm hoping there's more interesting applications. Yeah. We, we, there's lots of stories here. I bet you and I both know people that were titans of their little pond and then they were hired by Google and they thought they were hired to shake things up. And no, they're, they found themselves that my job used to be to take the greatest third party uh, to do list app in the world and help people be more, be more productive. And now my job is to make the response time of the cloud version of this feature of office <laughs> to be, if I could, if they could shave 13 nanoseconds off of that, that's what I'm, that's what will get me that bonus. Like I'm feeling less than fulfilled than I was when I was just simply the CEO of an independent software company. <laughs> I mean, the good news is often, often people like this won't take the job unless there's some cool new thing to work off. Cause often they're not short of money. Like I, I know it's, 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 it's about money sort of early in the career, but once you've got enough of it, like you're, you're kind of looking yeah. for the next, next big challenge. So hopefully, you know, that's that's why I've moved to Google. Yeah. Speaking of the Pixel 2, uh, we have some benchmark data. This is this is the this is the time where uh, there there are times of the year when I think that we're kind of weary of of the the latest rumor about an unreleased or unannounced product because it could be anything at this point. But we're getting close enough that certain things now have to happen as a company prepares a product for rollout, and so that's when credible things start to leak out. For instance, when this thing needs to be benchmarked, they, someone they need to check to see how is this going to be work how is this going to appear on standard benchmark test tests next next to other competing products and unfortunately for them they can't keep that secret because they're using a standard which then adds to a database and of course the company is looking for device identifiers they've never seen before uh, and so now there's benchmark data apparently uh from the pixel what very much could be the pixel 2 phone this is another uh article on uh, boy genius report sexist name would you say how about just boy genius? I'm yeah. I'm not. I'm not accusing. I'm saying that it was. It, it's the difference in five years between what you would choose, what you would not choose. But but it's not a called GGR Anthony. Uh, Anthony, I just called you Anthony, man, Andy. That's okay. I, I, I called you. I called you Rusty <laughs> last <laughs> last week because I was I was already going ahead. Um, they were uh, so boy genius is thoughtfully translating an article that was first broken on uh, Wind Future, which is a Danish <laughs> site. I usually try to quote the original, but I don't speak this language. And Google Translate was I don't know what it is with 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 that language, but it's very much like translated from Danish to English, then to Danish, then to back to English again. Uh, but yeah, so uh, a. A, and a new device uh, identifying itself as uh, what did it say? Didn't I don't think it actually said uh, Pixel uh, Pixel XL two, uh, no. but it did say it still say that's a device that has a five point six inch screen uh, with an eight core CPU uh, made by Qualcomm running at two point four gigahertz, uh, really beefy GPU of course Qualcomm Qualcomm Adreno. Uh, and uh, let's see, with uh, four gigabytes of memory, what would be 128 gigabytes of storage minus whatever the overhead is going to be, uh, 12 megapixel camera, uh, a seven or eight megapixel selfie camera, uh, and 
that's interesting. The screen size indicates an 18.5 to 9 aspect ratio, which is similar to the S8, uh, similar to the LG G6. So, and also indications that this could be an uh, an HTC design. Uh, there is uh, also uh, separately there are there used to be the rumors from a few months ago were that Google is working on three different Pixel phones for 2018. Uh, one of which was going to be not necessarily the Pixel XL, but something even bigger than the XL. Now it looks like the phone that we would have recognized as the XL is no more, according to an internal document. And now this is just going to be the smaller one and the really bigger one. So I don't that that couldn't possibly be a tablet. It must be a phablet. But I, I don't know. Of course, we can't guess why why uh, these sort of third devices could appear and disappear. It's possible that they thought that they were going to be working with a certain maker and that maker kind of backed out or that wouldn't work out. Uh, but all in all, uh, I like a lot of what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, th- this looks very promising because it speaks to a lot of things. Like it, the two-to-one aspect ratio speaks to it probably being bezel-less or fairly bezel-less Maybe, like the yeah. S8 and the, the G6. Hopefully that also means a smaller overall phone because if this giant one ends up being the size of the Nexus 6, I, I know there's people out there that love that phone, but that phone was just one step too far for me. Like the the overall width and the height was just like, I can't fit this in anything. I can barely like hold this phone. Like I hope I hope we're not seeing a return to those days. Like if it's any bigger than the... The S8 Plus, that's, I don't know about you, Andy, but that's just too big, mm. too big. Yeah, it, I think it's telling that we haven't seen phones get much bigger over the past couple of years. It seems as though they found they found about as big as anybody is willing, willing to rationally deal with. And now it's like, yes, people would love to have a larger screen, but they don't want to have a larger, larger device. Um, we're seeing a whole bunch of mock-ups. I have to remind myself these are only speculative mock-ups, but they're people that have really advanced design degrees and they need something for their portfolio. So let's take everything <laughs> that we know that that seems like a good bet about the Pixel Two, and let's build, let's make this really nice photographic. It's like I could buy that. I could, I could find a place in my life for a phone that looks like that and has those specs and runs Android. Oh. And I'm putting more money under my mattress because I want to make sure that I can buy it when it gets first announced, which might be as early as August, maybe. I don't know. It's like <laughs> they, it's 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 terrible. They they really got us because uh, Google has not proven itself to be very very good at keeping in stock the Pixel or Nexus phones that people well, want. Any phones I've ever made, really. Right. So it's I I really am going to have to be. I've got a thousand dollars. No matter, no matter so i can cover it no matter what i got a thousand dollars waiting it's like in a special it's in a i've, I've you know we, like 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 a lot of people i have a couple different accounts but like so this is in a special like little sock <laughs> inside one of my <laughs> bank accounts so that i can i will have like one, one during the announcement event i will have like my, one hand on a keyboard taking notes another finger on another keyboard hovering on the page to like buy it now to see the to make sure i don't get the the 18 gigabyte storage (laughs) as a a, a image of a farting unicorn embossed on it the only phone you can get if you did not order in the first four four minutes i've I've figured out their secret andy they're playing the long long game so for years they've been out of stock and they do that thing where when it's out of stock you actually can't order it there's no like we'll ship it to you in six weeks it's just it's out of stock tough luck come back tomorrow next day nobody knows haha you missed out Maybe they've been playing that game for so long that now they're going to launch this phone at maybe like a price of like $2,500 or something. They'll be like, you better buy it now because tomorrow it won't be here. And that'll be like their, their big strategy. It'll just be like, oh, you got to press it right now, Andy. It's, it's just a long, 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 long game. And they'll end up yeah. selling, you know, $50 million in day one. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird because another story that actually just uh, actually floated across the wires after a particular the show doc uh, a few hours ago uh, that the Play Store apparently. Of course, you, you, if even if a company is not revealing how many of a certain device are being sold, if it requires a special app that someone has to grab off the Play Store, well, that's public, isn't it? And so you can get an idea of at least how many. What what it is is the the Pixel Launcher is on the Play Store, and it is only just now crossed into the one hundred million to five, excuse me to, from the one million to five million install tiers, which means that optimistically it has <laughs> not. Done. I mean, a million phones is a it's a lovely number. It's a it's a seven digit number. That's great. But we're talking about like a four day holiday weekend sales for 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 an iPhone, uh, let alone like a an Android phone. So I maybe if, if they, I wonder how how much of that is due to them just only having made a million of them to begin with, and how much of it is no we we've been sort of like trying to to fabricate that kind of excitement by making oh no no you can't you can't order that because we're sold out we're we we're making them as fast as we possibly can no no we still have way way many of them left over. I've wondered so, that as well because they they seem to be crazy out of stock in America. You come to somewhere like Australia and they're just everywhere. Like they're advertising them here. They're in carrier stores. They're in other stores where you can buy them out. There doesn't seem to be a shortage of them in Australia, and I just can't figure that out. Yeah. Did they allocate the regions wrong? Do they just like price gouging us over here and they make better margins? I don't I don't really know, but there's there's something weird behind the whole thing. I really it all all joking aside. I hope when the Pixel Two launches that. They just make five to ten million of them up front. There's enough when you go to order that everyone can order one. And then Google, crazy idea. But if they do happen to sell out, you just move the shipping date. You just say you can order <laughs> this now and we'll get it to you in three weeks. It's I know it's crazy. This is a, a novel concept that no one else in the industry does. But why not just let people order ahead of time? And if it takes four weeks, it takes four weeks. Just just let people know that on the ordering page. Yeah, once people have money in their hands that they want you to take out of their hands, take the money out of their hands yeah. because they are telling you to do that. <laughs> yeah, and just for and for reference, I, I had a I've, I I know I thought I knew what the number was, but I wanted to double check. Uh, the Apple sells about fifty million iPhones every three months. Yeah, and that's not that's, that's not exactly an apples to oranges comparison because if you want a phone that runs iOS, you have to buy the iPhone. But still, if, if you're talking about uh, uh, 800 pound bear in the woods sort of stature that's how many you have to sell to punch at the iphone's weight class yeah um and so it's it's it really does it uh, and we all when you all know that um the pixel as good as it as good as it is is basically what they were able to design and ship in the time frame that they had after losing uh huawei as a uh, as a manufacturer and we're sort of uh, thinking that the Pixel Two is going to be the first one that is for real, start to finish. This is they have the they have all the window they needed to to, to create this. They have no disadvantages. They have nothing holding them back. Maybe if this one doesn't sell great, it's not bad. Uh, but I would I would love for the Pixel line to do what the Nexus didn't do. The Nexus they always there were always great phones, and my current phone is is still a Nexus phone, but. It never escaped the idea that this is a phone for 
nerds, people who are definitely in the know, who know to seek it out, who knows what, even though there's not going to be huge bus ads everywhere for this thing, they're not going to be TV ads for this thing, but you know that this, that's something special about the Nexus nameplate, there's something special about the Pixel nameplate, and so these are for people who knew the secret knock, knew the password, <laughs> and got online at the right time to go get it, like it's a pair of designer sneakers that are going to be in limited quantity at this one shop uh, for, for, for only four hours. I would love it for it to be I, lo I would love to have actually seen a Pixel phone in the wild and uh, somewhere outside of a developer conference, somewhere outside of some sort of a uh, like a, a, a tech event, uh, whereas I, I see all kinds of phones everywhere. I just have never seen a Pixel phone out in the wild. I think I've seen one or two, but they're, they're pretty darn rare. And I agree, Andy. I think with the, the two, the Pixel 2, their goal should be to sell two, three, four times as many as, as the previous generation. And I think... You know, the only way to do that is to to have the same kind of marketing they had with the first one, and then actually produce like ahead of time. And I know that could potentially mean you lose millions and millions of dollars. You know, if you um, miss misestimate demand, if you're like people are going to buy ten million, and then people only buy two million, then I know you're left with eight million boxes, and that that's a really bad problem to have. But I think you got to back yeah. yourself at this stage. Like it's it's got to be all in. Yeah, and Apple has the same problem too. Uh, there's, I've uh, been writing about the AirPods, which I got a couple months ago, and I'm finally have enough experience that I can write about them. And people are saying, "Oh, I can't, I can't wait till like my pre, my order comes in. I've, I still got to wait 11 weeks for it." And I'm sure the shareholders are saying, Shh, "Again, people are coming with you with their fists full of wads of cash that they want you to take out of their hands and replace with a piece of Apple hardware, and you're not doing that." Should we be concerned that you don't know how to do that? But it's it's a good problem to have. But in Apple's case, it is literally a problem of we can't we can't properly anticipate demand. With Google, it really does seem like this is the maximum of our capacity to ship a phone. And given that the the reason why they changed the name from Nexus to Pixel is that we want to play we want to play in the NFL. We don't want to play in the beer leagues anymore, which is what we've been doing with Nexus. Again, great phones, but we are not. We know that we're not playing at the level of Samsung. We're not playing at the level of Apple or LG where we are selling a consumer phone to consumers. And unless they can get them in quantity, they won't be able to ever, ever sell them in quantity. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. And I think the the other sort of minor tangent that I just wanted to cover, Andy, is that I, I just wanted to note that the, the Galaxy S8, the, the rumored Pixel 2, the rumored uh, Note 8 as well, all still have headphone jacks, and I'm. <laughs> I know. I know it's a tangent. I know it's a rabbit hole, but I'm 100 on board with this. I hope we keep that connected for like many years to come. Uh, yeah, and they all, and they already have USB C yeah. as opposed to some sort of custom connector that you don't want to deal with in the next couple of couple of years. It's it's so. I was on Mac uh, Mac break as usual uh, this Tuesday, and talking about a little bit about the next iPhone, and I, I God, I'm worried about it because Apple. Apple seems to have two choices. They they could simply say, "Oh, by the way, we we see it seems like we figure out a way that we could put the headphone jack in there and still make it watertight and still have room for all that other cool stuff. Aren't we geniuses?" Or they could double down and simply say, "It's going to be wireless charging. Data data syncing is all going to be wireless. There's going to be no port of any kind on this thing that you feel is and and if you don't like it, go buy an Android phone. We, the one you know, that we've been telling you <laughs> I, I noticed Andy Xcode nine, so that's the new, new beta of Xcode that's coming out like in September. Uh, one feature in there: wireless deployment and debugging. So that that's a first for Xcode that would mean you can actually deploy to a phone and test as a developer without needing to plug it in. And I'm like, that's either a convenience <laughs> thing 
or it's like a necessity thing, like potentially, you know, in come October timeframe, that could be the only way to deploy to the new iPhone. Like, who knows? Yeah, it's, I wish that I wish that so much of Apple didn't remind me of like being like a middle class person, fairly secure in a country whose government is becoming increasingly odd and unstable and thinking that is this the time that I sell off my property and my business and move someplace else before things get even worse <laughs> or or is it already too late it's like i i am not i'm not equating i'm not equating uh, apple to like venezuela or something like that i'm just i'm just saying that I wouldn't. Whereas two or three years ago, I would say, "Oh, that's papa." Okay, we all had a good laugh about Apple you now having no ports whatsoever and it being entirely a wireless thing. Like, no, I could sort of see Apple convincing themselves that that would be a great idea, or at least convincing themselves that it would not force people, it would not get people to switch to Android. They would be so upset at not being able to plug anything into this ever for any reason. Uh, I'm just I'm con- I'm just concerned. <laughs> yes, I have the same concerns, but I'm really happy that on the Android side of things, that the majority of manufacturers don't seem to have followed their lead. I think sometimes it makes sense yep. if a competitor does something cool. You're like, you know what? Actually, that is really cool. But if a competitor does something like remove a port that everybody uses, you're like, you know what? Maybe this year we're just going to skip that. Like we'll see how that plays out for them. And it, that seems to be what a lot of Android manufacturers have done. And I think for the better. Like the amount of times I've plugged into the headphone jack of my S8, even when I have a pair of um, Bose wireless earphones. But sometimes I just like plugging in. It's just the convenience of like, oh, I haven't paired this, or I don't want to tap to pair. I just right. want to plug in, and I get that experience. I don't have to worry about you know battery or anything like that. They're just directly plugged in. It's that's all I need to do. Yep. Just just yesterday, I was uh, I, I I have switched to the uh, to my Nexus Six P, which which was going to be just my. I've got I've got the beta of Android Android O on it. Of course, I'm not going to put my SIM in it. It's not going to be my main phone. Uh, but as it turned out, I, was, I had that means I was carrying around two phones like all the time, so, so I could use both of them. And the battery on my 5X that had Android Ed on it was getting really low. And because I was only going to be in New York for like another three or four hours, I just couldn't be bothered to like carry it around, plugged into a brick for that time. So you know what? I, I I carry a SIM extractor in my wallet. I'll just sit down here on this bench and just do a SIM swap and continue the rest of the day with. And it was so it was so stable and was so familiar. That I thought you know what? Maybe I'll just see how long I can get away with this. I can get away with it for a long time. But this 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 by way of saying that occasionally I find that oh that's right. Uh, I, I, the the Bluetooth speaker in my bathroom the, where I take my shower. Like oh okay, that's not introduced to it, but. I'm really in a rush. You know what? I'll just take this. I'll just take this plug that I usually use and plug it into that. So that was great. And then just reminding myself that oh, that's right. The, the number of times on the iPhone Seven that it was like, yes, it's not a huge. It's not the end of the world, especially when you have something as cool as, as AirPods, which I really, really like, even as an Android user. But what kills you is that one time every two and a half to four weeks, where. I could solve this problem immediately and simply if I could simply take this plug that's right in front of me and plug it into this phone that's right here, but that's not going to work. Uh, my friend John Syracuse uh, has posted one of my favorite of his of his Twitter posts. Is six so border the border border my six hour flight, sat down, about to plug in for some music, and then picture of he he picture of he has the headphones with the wrong jack on it and he can't plug it in and just 
fudge. <laughs> yeah, it's that, like if that's if, 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 well. if, if if they had a reason for doing it, it would still be okay. But the fact that I think that every time another manufacturer says, "Oh, guess what? Hey, we we actually made a phone that is just as small, just as slim, has the same level of water resistance as yours, has the same number of advanced features as yours," but somehow our engineers were clever enough to figure out how to put a <laughs> headphone jack. Maybe you want to poach some of our incredibly smart engineers because it looks like your engineers they don't know how to do that which is kind of embarrassing don't you think <laughs> yes yes we should probably get off this but i mean the last thing i want to say should. is that apple apple has been successful at selling those airport things though so maybe from their point of view it's, it's paid off they're like well you have no other way to plug in i mean there is the lightning cable thing that we give you but how many pairs of headphones can you buy that actually have that connector close to zero so look we have these wireless things and if that's the only thing you can do and here in australia they cost i think 249 dollars or something ridiculous like that but if that's the one way to go then welcome to the apple club people yeah i I remember when the apple when apple's official slogan was the power to be your best and now the unofficial slogan is what you think this is about you But speaking of, speaking of uh, things that are getting rarer and rarer to see, uh, we have to announce the, a sad, sad moment as a, an adorable little fixture uh, on the Google campus. Uh, I I was always glad to see one of these fellers uh, scooting around. I'm sure that you're the same way. Uh, has now, well, it's been, let's just say it's been retired. Uh, the Firefly, the those adorable little autonomous bug-looking cars uh, that Apple that uh, that Google developed is now being the entire fleet is being retired. Uh, this, is, of course, according to a Google blog post, I know, you know, it's it will 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 be okay. They're going on to a far far. But, but they look like koalas, koalas, Andy, cute little koalas that you just hug. They got cute little nosies that you just want to just reach out and go. <laughs> I mean, if, I don't know if you remember you episode zero, we we're talking about the autonomous car that's going to come and kill us all. This was genius because it looked like the exact opposite. It looked like a car you could basically just hug and take home and it would sit on the couch with you and, you know, you could hang out. It's just it's just cute and friendly. I, I love these things. Yeah, it's too bad. It was it was a lot of auto designers were really, really uh, applauding it in 2015. It did look kind of weird, but realized that they that Google's designers took upon it the freedom to say, well, we let's design an entirely new car that doesn't we know that we will never be selling these on the road. So we can just focus this on what it needs to do. And a lot of uh, car designers were looking at it as an example of here's how if we had to design a car that didn't have a steering wheel, here's how we would design the cabin. Here's how we would design the cockpit, even though there's nothing to for the for the user to actually do inside there uh and uh, but the google says that uh, they're retiring the, f- the fleet as they are uh waymo is focusing on the chrysler pacifica platform which is pretty much what every uh, what every uh people every company that's, that's looking into autonomous car technology is doing uh chrysler boy that's uh, whoever's, whoever's whoever got that contract are they are they ever looking smart right now because they are learning through their partners how to design autonomous vehicles because as soon as it's it's a platform that has all the all the radars they need all the sensors they need uh, even though every company's uh, rig is going to be consistent but of course they know what has to be built into the sort of stuff so, and they're having a lot of luck with it and it just it does show that all these companies are learning it's really hard to design and build a car it's much better if a comf- if a car company builds it and you simply have them adjust it to what you need to do um so uh it does the blog post indicated a lot of how waymo is now moving on to phase 
N plus one, whatever it is, uh, that uh, by focusing on mass-produced vehicles like the Pacifica minivan, we'll be able to bring fully self-driving technology to more people more quickly. The Pacifica minivans are equipped with our latest generation of custom-built radar, LIDAR, and vision systems, and all-new AI compute platform, so they can see further and sharper. Also important, they can also reach full speed, whereas the Firefly was limited to 25 miles an hour, uh, and the interior is equipped with more conventional creature comforts that passengers expect to have in vehicles. Uh, so they have initial fleet of 600 uh, self-driving minivans and it will make it easier for them to put it in the hands of real people now that they're getting more communities uh, to give them whatever waivers or legal protection they need to actually put self-driving cars on the road they'll be able to get a lot more practical experience now you imagine that uh, a very very carefully chosen <laughs> pool of testers will able to will be able to do like a local maybe a non-highway commute every single day in this and more and more data is going to be collected uh, and if you have so i i do have uh, uh, a few pictures of uh, of uh, of self-driving fireflies on the google campus because i was as i'm being driven around oh there it is click, 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 click. <laughs> never, never been inside one never got never got to touch one uh, oh, but you will andy s- you have to it's it, inside it's really cool i've sat in one i did get to touch the outside of one as well it's i mean it's very barren there's not a lot in there but it's just such yeah. a cute looking car and it's like this is the future i want, I want something like this now is it i i would see i would be the the software engineer who'd be adding things like uh, if the person is holding their hands up like this and making vroom vroom noises, <laughs> amplify that by the louder he goes. <laughs> so that means you accelerate. <laughs> oh, that was really cool. Like the Microsoft Connect thing where you can just hold your hands in the air and it can sense you like trying to steer. It's like go left, go left, little car. Yeah, like, 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 like those like those uh, carnival like carnival rides where they, they put like the three or four little – it's a steering wheel but it doesn't actually do anything because it's actually on like a rail that's hidden in the roadway. So, you know, okay – if if Andy wants to have fun pretending that uh, secretly Andy is Racer X, brother of Speed Racer. <laughs> okay, fine. We're doing Speed Racer. He he's the customer. I'm just the car. <laughs> I, I need I need to support his fantasy world as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, so they actually are uh, they're donating a bunch of their cars. Uh, if you, uh, as a matter of fact, they're sending a bunch to uh, Arizona, the Arizona Science Center. Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, we'll have a couple to take a look at. In October, they're heading over to The Thinkery in Austin, Texas, to commemorate the two-year anniversary of Steve Mahan's fully self-driving ride. That was the uh, – that's what uh, – let's let's be honest and say that's what the marketing department wants to put that flagpole that says a historic moment, the first time that a regular citizen took a self-driving, fully self-driving ride from one point to another over public roads. Uh, and there's also uh, one at the Computer History Museum in Mountain View, California, and another at the Design Museum in London. And I'm, I'm I'd be I'd be shocked if Jay Leno doesn't have one. If, if they don't give Jay Leno one of these, <laughs> oh, he'll end up having one somewhere in that giant garage of his. Um, the one I saw oh, I've seen a few actually, but the one I actually got to touch was at the Computer History Museum. Netflix had like Ooh, an event cool. there, and <clears throat> they're like, "Oh, down by the way, down the back there is the you know the Waymo self-driving car." I'm like, "What?" So it just made like a beeline <laughs> for it. I'm like, "There it is." Yeah. So if you're anywhere near Mountain View, California, go go check that out. It's like, it's like being at a Comic-Con and saying, oh, my God, it's the Batmobile. How much does it cost to get my picture taken inside the Batmobile? Can I touch it? Can I sit in it? Please, please, please. I, I, I would pay $20 to get my picture taken in in, in the first-generation Waymo cars. And, yes, it would be of me, like, holding my my hands out in the air like a spring wheel. And you would see my, my lips making the... 
Oh, that would make for the best video, Andy. That would make for the best video. I, honestly, I'm super excited about the, the automated driving sort of future. Ever since Google spun out Waymo into, I guess, technically Alphabet, you know, became a thing and Alphabet spun Waymo out into its own company and they've started sort of putting these things on the road and teaming up with people like Chrysler. It just feels like we're getting closer and closer and closer to that future. And I, I'm one of those people that are, I love driving and I hate driving. Like I hate driving yep. in peak hour. I hate commuting of all kinds. I kind of like driving through the hills sometimes, you know, on my own, you know, the window down and all that sort of thing. So the few, the the sooner we get to this future, the better. Like I just, I, I want nothing more than just to sit in a driverless car and go to work. That that'd be the greatest. That's that's going to be the next revolution that you and I both uh, live long enough to see. That uh, there's so many people that have uh, they're getting government support and community support, realizing that it's kind of insane that every human who can have a driver's license can uh, now thinks it's important for them to have a car. Uh, and of course, people should have the freedom to do whatever they want. But in my case, I had to do with I, I was forced to do without a car for about a month, and after for the first time since there were alternatives for the first time since there were ride sharing apps for the first time since there were uh, public transportation apps where there were transponders on the trains and on the buses that will tell you if i say that this bus is going to be here in seven minutes it's going to be there in six to eight minutes you're not going to be standing there wondering what the hell happened and after a month i realized that i was getting on i really don't need a car and it's now been a year and a half, like two years later, and I still don't have a car. And maybe I don't know how long I'll be able to get away with that, but it's gone from, hey, maybe I can get through like the summer without a car. And I was like, for the foreseeable future, I'm, I'm more interested in the idea of getting like a small electric, uh, even if it's like an electric scooter or an electric motorcycle or an electric powered assist bike, than getting a full sized car because. I was, you know, I was just, I was just thinking about it this morning. I was thinking, it's, yes, it is super, super hot. But I was inside the house all day yesterday when I could have been outside doing stuff. So I was like, okay, no, you, you, you're not allowed to spend two days inside the house. I know you're having like your double <laughs> podcast day, and I know that it's, it's super, super hot. And so it's okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna walk a couple miles to again. That's that place that has those nice lunch sandwiches, and also I need to do some shopping. And as I'm walking there and as I'm walking back with my groceries, I'm just thinking, this is so much more interesting than driving there. It's I'm I'm really enjoying the little details of little critters that I see, you know, on the on the paths as, as I cut through the woods to get to a certain place. I, it's it's kind of cool to be walking past and see that uh, somebody who lives uh, like a quarter mile from the grocery store has like two really beautifully restored push style lawnmowers on the end of the lawn with like four sale signs. And I, it's not a big thing, but it's like, oh, that's cool. I never would have saw that. I would have just blown right by it or I would have been focused on whatever the next part of my day has to be and whatever the timetable is. Whereas I have set aside a half an hour to take this walk and I'll be sweating like a like a like a unsold deli meat at the end of a very very bad strip mall whatever that means but <laughs> it was it really did it it's it really did take that kind of extreme sort of situation to remind me that what if you were to rethink about life not with a car and now that we have if we have a transportation system where you will have now like a self-driving version of lyft or uber where it's like i when i whenever i need a car i don't need it uh, even when i was even when i use a car sharing systems uh where i can actually rent a car by the hour or by the day it's like most of the time it's spending it's spending time in a parking lot doing nothing but i'm paying for it anyway if i could just simply press a button and a self-driving car comes to my house as usual, now, instead of focusing on driving, I can do whatever I want for the 43 minutes it takes to get to my aunt's house for her big 80th birthday party and then simply enjoy that ride on the way back home again. 
isn't that so much better? And so many people, I think, are going to be learning that in the coming uh, decade. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think about my kids. They're, the oldest one is eight years away from being able to drive a car, like, legally. And I'm like, <laughs> eight years? That's that's almost on that precipice where it's like, is he even going to be driving a car? Like, is that yeah. going to be a thing that we're still teaching our kids? Or is it going to be like, you know, for fun or on a weekend, we'll, we'll go somewhere to like a track or something and be like, this is what we used to do. We used to drive these things. And there'll be some like old cars there that you can, you know, drive around a paddock or something. Like, it it does feel like that future is really, really close to where we are now. And I know there's some people out there that are like, you know, mass transit is actually the future and we should be building railways and train tracks and other things like that. Uh, you know, better buses. I agree with all that. But in the majority of cities, you know, especially places like Adelaide that are really spread out, the infrastructure is there for cars. The entire city is built for cars. Like, to catch a bus is really hard. Like, that, the government doesn't spend a lot of money on that. So if private companies can come in and, you know, give us that future where I'm like, I just call a car. Five minutes later, it turns up. I go to work, you know, I look out the window, I maybe have a snooze, I read a book, I, I do whatever I want to do. Like, there's so much more time and way less accidents. Like, that can't be, you know, underscored enough that people are the problem a lot of time in a lot of accidents. Like, it's very rare that, you know, something goes wrong with a car and then the, the car is at fault. It's often the person's distracted, you know, they're this, they're that. Something happens, they miss something, and that's how accidents happen. Like, if we can get past all that, I don't know, Andy, I know it sounds utopian, but that's that's a better future for yeah. everyone. Yeah, and uh, we're also we're also probably not we're not saying that this will work for everybody, but I think it's, it, in my case it's like the first generation of electric cars, the first generation of Teslas, where it was not going to be prat a two hundred mile range car is not going to be practical for everybody, but the people for whom it is practical will help figure out how to solve problems for the next generation and then the generation after that, and I really feel that we're gonna we're the natural flow of things is to wind up in a, with a transportation system where the only people who use cars are the people who need cars. And maybe even someday, just like it's a little bit weird to encounter someone who smokes and you don't judge them, but it's like, oh, wow. Remember remember the time when I remember growing up when like everybody smoked, there were ashtrays everywhere and it was awful. Things smelled play, and you flew someplace and there'd be a no smoking section, but who cares? It's like, <laughs> wow, I, I can't even imagine a world in which people are just smoking all the time. I think that in 30, 30 years time, it will be just like, wow, you mean what, what's what's your – yeah, is, is, so was your grandfather like at, at a museum? Like, no, no, he owned that car. He owned a car? Yeah, he drove it like every single day. Wow. What, why would on earth would anybody want to drive a car every and – and so – but he had to like buy fuel for it and get it repaired. All, oh, my God. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. Hey I'm, and, not, hey, I'm not judging your grandfather, but wow. I can't even imagine people owning cars. And potentially in that future, Andy, is just like you can go to Eastern Europe at the moment and you can experience the the smoking past that, that we've all forgotten in, in a lot of the Western world. Um, probably, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you can still go to Eastern Europe and get the same experience. I can say that. I was born there. Like, it's, <laughs> that's probably the last place, like, driverless cars are going to come. So if you ever want that experience, you can just go on holidays, you know, up there. The coast is really nice, you know. Adriatic <laughs> Coast, check it out. Perhaps with all the money that I'm saving on gas, fuel, title, insurance, and maintenance, <laughs> I'll be able to have that lovely vacation. And we can we can do we can do our first live show <laughs> from a car that we're driving from a car that we're driving exactly yeah and the people will be oh. like oh that's novel oh <laughs> uh, well, we should probably wrap up because again it is super hot and I've got I have to turn off the air conditioning to do this show and I I I would rather not be squishy anymore and that requires oh, that, me to that take my third people. shower of and, the day Andy is lit he's literally lit I know the kids say that but he's he's actually lit by actual lights. I'm, I'm glowing. I'm very but I'm impressed. Not pregnant. Yes, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yes, you do have that glow to you, Andy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, as usual, Russell, where do people get more of your celestial magnificence online? 
Uh, they can go to twitter.com slash rusty shelf. And I'm hoping you can spell the words rusty and the word shelf and jam them together because that's literally all you need to do. I believe in your case, Andy, though, it's a, it's a little bit more complicated. Yes, I, I, I needed to tighten up security. So you have to spell my last name. It's a Rumpelstiltskin sort of thing. Or if you're more posh, it's sort of a Turandot sort of thing. Uh, I'm Anatko on uh, Twitter. I'm Anatko on Instagram. My blog is at anatko.com. Uh, or if you fail that test, then you can see the stuff I write for pay at the Chicago Sun-Times website, which is at suntimes.com. Well, that'll, that'll wrap it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening this time. Hope you listen to us next time. Until then, have a great week. And remember... All else is immaterial. Do hey, do you reckon ten years from now there'll be like a another edition of this car? It'll come back because I really want one. I'm disappointed they're not making these anymore. <laughs> how how hard would it be to actually make one? <laughs> it does look pretty I mean, easy, doesn't it? You start not not a self driving one, but it doesn't look like terribly complicated surfaces. I bet that you could. I, I I'm surprised that given that there are hobbyists who are building like what perfect reproductions of like R two D two and C three PO and everything you could ever have seen in a movie. I have I find it impossible to believe that no one is okay. Maybe maybe because they want to build something that's a little bit cooler than this. But what could be cooler <laughs> than this car? Oh, you just need to get yourself like a go kart kit and then put the shell on top. But this is. This is a mass market product. Everybody will want one. Get onto it, people. Uh, do, do, do you have coalers in, uh, in, <laughs> in, in Australia? What is a cola? These are Well, apparently there are some people, C-O-A-L-E-R. Uh, these are people that uh, have big like uh, gas-guzzling trucks that I don't understand the full, I don't understand the mindset, but apparently they think that they're making some sort of point about their lifestyle and the direction of their country, uh, of our country by they have a, a system that will actually at the push of a button, like dump oil into some sort of a manifold so that it's some, <laughs> and they have these big chimney smokestacks in the back of this pickup truck that will just emit this immense impenetrable black cloud of oily smoke. They, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, I think they call it, yeah, coalers. Exactly. It's as if it's burning coal. Uh, I, I was, I've seen it They're They're illegal. Of course, if you do it in front of a police car, you will, soon not have a truck anymore but i just i just remember like i'm, I'm on uh, this is like a year ago i'm on my bike and apparent and all i know is that i'm on my bike having having a good time and a truck pickup truck with these smokestacks pulls by and when it's like 20 10 yards ahead it belches out this poof of of thick smoke and it's dissipated pretty quickly I'm like oh that was odd and then like i keep pedaling and then oh i get it he was annoyed at me for not driving a car and showing his dominance and making me feel bad by belching artificial smoke that he spent a lot of money to have installed at great cost and great inefficiency well i i i, I have indeed been dissed my uh, shade has <laughs> well played doubt, good, sir. i tipped my helmet showed. to you yeah <laughs> it's like well that, that that's that, that's got to be the benchmark of like unsuccessful throwing shade that it took me a good five minutes to even realize that he was trying to do anything and of course it was completely ineffectual because i didn't immediately like throw my bike into a drainage <laughs> ditch as soon as i got within walking to the like, car that's lot. the last time he'll ever ride a bike i've showed him um we don't have colas here andy we have people that drive utes do you know what a ute is oh i know what you are. those 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 sound 
beautifully dangerous and wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, there's a whole culture of people that buy a car with no back, just just a huge tray because reasons. They don't put anything in the tray because they get really expensive ones that you don't want to scratch the tray or anything like that. So sometimes they get lids that go on the back of the tray. So now you have two thirds of your car completely empty, just just air and space, and you get a little cabin that only two people can sit in. And there's just a whole culture of people that people that drive Utes, mate. My Ute is butte. <laughs> it's a butte Ute. Yeah. It's 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 great to be on an enti- to be entirely separated from a culture to be able to judge something simply on how you react to it and not how society <laughs> judges it. Because I'm thinking cause there are times where I would again I don't have like a family of five. I, it's just me and sometimes a passenger. And the idea if I could have just like a like a four door sedan, only the back two doors on the trunk are just simply like a bed that I could put boxes in. I, I always being Australia, I've always in New Zealand. I always imagine that it's like they use they, they have they could toss a few hay bales in there when they're you know feeding the sheep or getting the, the sheep to, to chase them so I, I would feel horrible to know that these are sort of like the 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 bros the the, the, the bro culture of, of australia because i'm like that's that looks really cool i would not mind if it were not a some sort of a death trap i would not mind having one or such a thing well i guess the original idea was it was utility and people do put stuff in the back if you're a farmer or whatever but there's a whole class of people that just buy expensive ones and then they're not allowed to put anything in the back because that's a sacred space andy that seems counterproductive. Again, I like <laughs> I, I like I sometimes watch these car videos where they turn one kind of car into a different kind of car, and I like the idea that we took something that no, no one really likes and turned it into something unique and cool that actually works, as opposed to, no, 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 it's the my pickup truck is finally in perfect condition. If you need if you need someone to to, to 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 help you carry back some lumber from Home Depot, I'll rent you a truck. You can't use my pickup truck. The bed is supposed to be. You don't know how many coats of paint I'd have put in there to get exactly that shade of cherry red. And it's like again, I respect you 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 for buying what you like and doing what you like with it, but I feel part of the soul of this pickup truck is screaming that I'm supposed to look like crap. I'm supposed to have like cows dumping in the back of me and then be hosed out lazily with a pressure hose with things getting... I was meant to to have dirt underneath my virtual fingernails, not to be polished and being worried about concours testing. (laughs) There you go. Colas and ute people. It's an education. 